Hello, friends. I've missed you. It's been a while, hasn't it? Uh, it uh, I don't even know. With these eclipses and retrogrades and all the traveling I did in March and April, <laughs> I don't even know where I was in space and time for a while there, but we're back. We've landed. <laughs> back in the groove, back in the routine. And I thought, because I have an upcoming workshop this weekend, I thought what better way to kind of kick off the podcast again than do a three-part mini-series leading up to the workshop. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to do a episode today, an episode tomorrow, and an episode the day after that. So boom, 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 three in a row, get back in the groove. And all three of these will be a bit of a preparation for the workshop that we do on the weekend, which is another embodied dating workshop. This time we are talking about where are the good ones at and how can I find one? It's one of my favorite topics to teach on uh, because this is an area that I, I I just have a natural talent in, and I'm not saying that in an egoic way. It's just naturally been something, meeting people who are aligned and congruent um, has been something that is quite easy for me. It I think it has a lot of influence, like my astrology, like I've got a lot of strong planetary forces in the houses of social socializing and connection and partnership. So meeting people who are aligned has come naturally to me. And I know that that's not always the case for people. And so I wanted to share with you in this workshop what exactly I do so that I don't have to (laughs) you know, sell my soul on a dating app. And I know that not all of you who use dating apps feel that way, but if you feel like your soul is being sucked or like your energy is dampened or you feel compressed, uh, using a dating app and, but you also feel like it's, you know, the thing that you gotta do. Cause like, how else are you going to meet people? Well, I'm here to tell you <laughs> that you can easily meet people in the wild and have that go well, but there are some things you need to have on your radar in order for that to go well. There are some things that need to be in place in terms of your energy, in terms of your embodiment that really make the difference. So we're going to dive into all of that on the workshop on Saturday. There's a 30-day replay, so if you can't make it live or if you want to watch it again, there's some bonus classes in there that come with the workshop. There's an embodiment class replay that's in there. There's also some other transmissions that I've done, and you'll get the replay. We're going to do a Q&A on the live workshop, so I'm going to teach, and we're going to get into it with each other, and I'm going to like answer your questions, um, related to your dating life, which I'm very excited for. And, uh, yeah, so we're going to do a three parter getting into the groove of that workshop. And today I thought, you know, what a perfect way to kick back off into, 
you know, the Embodied Love podcast by talking about what is embodied dating. So first of all, in order to talk about embodied dating and relating, we have to talk about what embodiment is. And I use a very simple definition. This came from my embodiment mentor, Michaela Boehm. And I did all of my embodiment work training primarily with her. I also worked with Irene Lyon. She was actually technically my first teacher in the world of embodiment and somatics. And then I went deep into Michaela Bohm's work and did her teacher training and all of that wonderful stuff. And the definition inside of that embodiment training was embodiment is just the ability to be in the body. So a lot of us live our lives kind of from the neck up. We aren't really landed fully in our body. And doing embodiment work is designed to help you inhabit more of your body from a place of reverence and approval. And so the cool thing about embodiment work is that you don't necessarily have to like love yourself and love everything about your body and like be in a total right relationship in that regard. You know, that naturally comes with the more embodiment work you do and, you know, the more that you are willing to be in your body and feel what's there to feel in your body approval does naturally come through when we've kind of cleaned the pipes a little bit. When we've cleaned out some of the, you know, crunchy, cruddy energy that can get stored up in our cells, in our tissues, in our body, in our organs. And when we start moving and alchemizing that material, there's just more spaciousness for you to inhabit your body and that feel more comfortable. Now, of course, when we are disembodied in the regards to like living our lives in our head, for most people who are super heady or like don't feel safe in their body, there's often a reason why that has happened. So whether that is in order to kind of function in this super fast-paced, intense world, you have to pop out of your body and go into your head, whether it's that, or whether something really traumatic happened in your body and popping out of your body was a way to cope at the time. And if we don't have another pathway back into the body, we can just stay in that position of I'm kind of outside of my body and I I don't have a relationship with being in my body and being present. And that can be really difficult, you know, going through life and also navigating relationships because part of being able to determine whether a connection is aligned, and this is both romantic and non-romantic, it requires us to listen to the signals of the body. And especially in dating when we're getting to know someone, right? 
it's so important to pay attention to what's going on in your body, in your emotional body, in your energetic body after spending time with them, while spending time with them, in the in-between of spending time with them, that's really critical information that will tell you a lot about the actual alignment of the connection or the misalignment of the connection. So if we're dating from a really heady space and we're psychoanalyzing everything and we're just like up in our heads all the time, strategizing, you know, what, like, tell me the playbook and like, I'll just do X, Y, Z. And then that will get this person to like me and we'll get in a relationship. And, and you see this all the time when people date, like it's a job interview. (laughs) This is, um, the lack of embodied dating is when you date and you, kind of treat it like a job interview and you go on date one and you have like this laundry list of questions of like, how much money do you make and what do you do for a living? And have you healed your childhood trauma? And like, what are you going to do to not hurt me again? And, um, like all this crazy stuff. And I'm sure you could already feel if you are someone who practices embodiment, just that line of questioning already felt really compressive. Um, because it's not a natural unfolding. Like, of course we want to have those conversations. Of course we want to suss out if someone has, you know, been doing some degree of personal development or relational development work. And again, like they don't have to be doing necessarily classes, like life might've taught them these things. And so the only way we get to know if someone has that in their system is by, engaging with them and getting to know them. Like anyone can learn the right things to say to kind of hit the checklist, but it doesn't mean that it's embodied. It doesn't mean that it's actually a part of their personality and how they operate day to day. And this is where people get really turned around because, you know, they did the quote unquote, due diligence. And I asked all of those questions. I said all the things I followed the checklist. And yet this person still turned out to not be aligned and hurt me. And we didn't want the same things or whatever it is. And it's because we approached it not from an embodied place, an embodied place, an embodiment perspective on dating allows for the natural unfolding of a connection. We are not forcing things. We are not rushing things. We allow the connection to unfold naturally. And in order to do that, you have to be comfortable enough in your embodiment to withstand that phase where it is naturally ambiguous. There's a lot of ambiguity in the dating phase, which is why people like to Ferrari pace it and go from we just met to we're in a relationship because now I don't have to navigate that uncertainty because I can't handle it in my embodiment. And what happens if people 
rush through the dating stage and get into a relationship because they're trying to avoid the discomfort they feel in their body with ambiguity, with the unknown, with the slow unfolding. They'll get into a relationship with someone who is fundamentally misaligned. And oftentimes that person is going to re-aggravate their core wounds. And so when we are not dating in this intentional way, because embodied dating is really intentional, it's really conscious. It requires you to be fully landed in your body and aware of what you are doing. It also requires you to be emotionally available to your own heart, your own feelings, your own sensations that happen in your body. And instead of popping out of the body when we feel something uncomfortable, we stay with it, we move with it, we learn how to alchemize that so that we can properly assess whether or not someone is aligned for us and we are aligned for them and if the relational dynamic is actually the thing that we really want. Because again, if we are dating from a very disembodied perspective, the goal is actually to just get in a relationship. It doesn't really matter to the subconscious mind who that's with. It doesn't matter if they are aligned. It's like, just get to that finish line so that we can get rid of this anxiety that we feel in this really ambiguous phase of not knowing. And this is where like our emotional maturity and our embodiment like to dance with each other. Because the more emotionally mature we are, the more we can be with the discomfort in that period of time. And we can essentially talk ourselves, you know, off of that really intense ledge where we're feeling a lot of sensation and our mind wants to pick that up and run with it and like spin these really wild stories. When we are in our emotional maturity, we can catch that. We can catch that spot and we are disciplined enough to not let that steamroll our experience. Instead, we feel the feeling. We're like, huh, what is this about for me? And can I be with it? Can I move with it? Can I alchemize it? Maybe I get on my mat and I do an embodiment practice that helps me work through this sensation so that it doesn't gain enough momentum that my mind tags in and then my mind starts spinning stories about how, you know, no one will ever love me and I'm not good enough and there's no good men, women, people out there and like, I just need to take what I can get because... That's a gnarly rabbit hole to spin down into. And on some level, when we are rushing the dating phase, there is a thread, there's a part of us, there's a belief somewhere in the psyche that we need to kind of get them into that commitment land fast Because if we go slow and they really get to know us and they figure out what we're all about, they could never stay. They could never want us. And so embodied dating is really getting in and challenging those ideas because those ideas are false. 
but they feel really true because they have been reinforced, you know, through things that we've experienced, right? We experience something difficult relationally, the mind makes up a story about it, and then we run with that narrative, never really questioning the validity of it. We just assume that the assumption that the mind made about the situation and what it must mean about us, well, we just run with it thinking that it's true. And a lot of the narratives and beliefs that you run about yourself and your worthiness if they are really not supportive, we can be sure that those are not rooted in actual truth. They might feel true, but it's not the thread of truth, the truth of who you are. Because the truth of who you are is innately worthy, innately valuable. But if we have early experiences that you know, we're really hard or really challenging or really traumatic or wounding, our mind will try and make sense of that somehow. And if we never get in there and take a look at, well, what are the narratives that I'm spinning and what happens in my body? So oftentimes before a mind narrative goes bonkers, there's some feeling or sensation in the body that it is very difficult to be with. And so we pop up into the head, into the mind, and the mind's like, oh, goody, my time to shine. Here's a narrative that'll really fuck with you. And then we run that narrative. And then once we're running that narrative, we will begin to act in ways that confirm that belief. So we act in ways to collect more evidence so that we are right, even if the belief that we have was false to begin with. And so embodied dating really helps you bring a lot of consciousness into your body, a lot more reverence into your body, and allowing yourself to have the full experience of what it means to be human, which means feeling the uncomfortable stuff and the good stuff. One is not better or worse than the other. Although I'm sure you might argue with me, I mean, like, Kelsey, feeling the hard stuff is not better than feeling the good stuff. And I understand that perspective. I don't agree with it. Um, when you get in right relationship with your emotions and you let yourself feel them, it actually feels really good. It feels really nourishing to let the energy currents and the emotional currents move through your system without gripping, plugging them up blocking them off, shoving them down, repressing them, pretending that they aren't there. Do you know how much energy it takes to keep all of your emotions at bay? Like almost all of your creative energy, your life force energy goes to keeping these certain emotions or feelings or sensations locked down. And then you know, if we are up in our heads worrying all the time and like our anxiety gets the better of us, 
you know, it's hard to get out of that cycle. And one of the ways that we can start to heal the relationship there is to learn how to feel our feelings. That is what my program reverence is all about. You know, it's that emotional literacy, it's that emotional maturity, that uh, emotional approval really is what it comes down to. And so when you are in right relationship with your own emotions, you are emotionally available. And we often think emotional availability has everything to do with someone's physical availability for a relationship. And emotional availability has everything to do with the proximity that you have to your own heart and your own ability to feel your feelings without making yourself wrong for having those feelings in the first place. A lot of us feel a lot of shame for things that are natural to our human. You know, we have these core emotions. You aren't getting rid of them. No matter how hard you try to shame yourself for having them, that's not going to get rid of them. You're never getting rid of them because they are inherently installed in the humor, in the human operating system. And yet you can numb them out, but then you numb out all of the richness of life and your relationships will be really flat and monotone if you even have them at all. And so by getting in right relationship with your emotions and your emotional availability to yourself, you're going to be able to feel (laughs) when someone else is not in right relationship with their emotions And you'll be able to feel when people are in right relationship with their emotions. Because choosing a relational partner is one of the most important decisions of our life. Because the person you decide to be in a relationship with will influence every single area of your life, including your well-being, your emotional well-being, your mental well-being, your physical well-being, your spiritual well-being, your sexual well-being. They influence every single part of your life. Your even like your financial, you know, areas of life. Like when you are with someone who is properly aligned for you and really healthy for you, you thrive in all of those areas. Maybe not all at once, but like you're generally thriving. You know, you're in a creative momentum in your life. When you are with someone who is not a good match for you, your creative energy halts, stalls. Um, We get really fixated on trying to fix the other person or fix the relationship, fix ourselves. Um, And that can be really damaging on so many levels to our self-esteem, to our self-worth. And then of course, if you're choosing someone who is uh, an emotional mess and like really unhealthy emotionally, that 100% is going to impact your functionality in the world. You might be able to withstand it for a period of time and that's often what happens. You know, we have a lot of bandwidth for the bullshit 
and we can withstand it for a long period of time. And then eventually some part of you screams, whether it's your body shuts down, you get sick, something happens in your life and you can't cope. And all of a sudden the relationship is in shambles because they were someone that you probably shouldn't have gotten into a relationship with in the first place, but you know, you got into a relationship with them and they become an important teacher in terms of what not to do in the future. And these are really important things to keep a pulse on. And again, like in order to date in a more embodied way, we can't shy away from, you know, the places where we are responsible for what we have chosen right? So you're not responsible for someone else's behavior, but you are responsible for the choices that you make and really deconstructing why we get into relationships with people who are not good for us is an important inquiry because it teaches us and shows us where we actually are on the map of self-worth when it comes to romantic relationships. Because you can choose people who are really good for you in a non-romantic way, but then be a total train wreck in romantic relationships and vice versa. Some of you are really good at vetting romantically, but you are a total mess when it comes to vetting friends or clients or, you know, acquaintances, you know, other people in your life that are non-romantic relationships. And so this comes, this is an important map to look at because without having this information, it's really difficult in the future to trust yourself. But if we know why we got hooked in to someone who wasn't good for us, Um, if we could see like looking back in hindsight, like, oh yeah, they actually weren't emotionally available. Like they weren't available to their own heart. Like they told me on day one that they have a hard time expressing their feelings. And I thought to myself, huh, I can work with that. I can fix that. I can show them the way that's the exact spot for you. That's the spot you want to be responsible for. And the second you can see that spot is the second you deepen the trust with yourself and you deepen your intuition and your ability to trust your intuition. So the more you clean out the emotional body, the more you clean out the energetic body, you clean out the physical body, the easier it is to pay attention in reality to what is happening when you are getting to know someone new. Because if you don't feel great after spending time with someone, like let's say you spend time with them and like you're having a great time in the moment, but then you leave and you're so drained. That's your body giving you a signal And it's up to you to kind of figure out what that signal is all about, but it's giving you a signal. And, you know, there are a couple other places that the body is going to signal, and we're going to talk about those on Saturday. 
So we really want to have that on our radar. Like, how do I feel when I'm around this person? How do I feel when I'm not around this person? And if they are a huge difference in terms of like when you feel in your alignment and you're dating someone who is good for you, you will be able to maintain your alignment. When you are with someone who is misaligned for you, you will not be able to maintain your alignment with them. And in fact, they may, you know, in playful ways, try and get you out of your alignment. A really good example of this is like, let's say you have um, a class that's really important to you. You know, you take a pottery class every Thursday and it's like your time to commune with God. You know, it's, it's the time for you to clear your mind, work with your hands, like really get in your body, like you're really nourished by this class, you enjoy the people that you're in the class with, you have great conversations, like you really get filled up in this spot, in this class. And then this new person comes into your life that you're interested in romantically, and they pull the whole, oh, why can't we hang out on Thursday? Like, I really want to see you. And this is not like a female whiny thing. This is a human whiny thing. I've seen women do this. I've seen men do this. I've seen people in general do this. And when someone tries to hook you out and pull you out of things that bring you to life, pay attention. Because that is not someone who is going to champion you to stay in your alignment. Someone who is in alignment in their own life will see like, oh, this is a thing that really like jazzes them up. And you know what they'll do? They'll be like, you know what? I hope you have the best class on Thursday. Maybe we could meet for a coffee before, or maybe we can grab a drink after. Or if you're like too dunzo after your class, why don't we hang out on Friday and you can tell me all about it. I'd love to hear about it. That is what someone who is in their own alignment and who's emotionally healthy will do when they come across, you know, the certain habits and routines or experiences that have you be at your best. Because people who are in their alignment understand that we want to maintain, you know, our alignment as often and frequently as possible. So I'm going to champion for the things that have you be in alignment for yourself. And I expect that you will champion that for me. And if you do not champion that for me, there's the door. And I'm totally okay upholding that standard. And I have had to uphold that standard when it comes to dating. Because my lack of alignment is too big of a cost to pay to be with someone else romantically. I will not pay that cost. I will not make that level of sacrifice because it is sacrificing my soul. It is sacrificing my health and my well-being. And anyone who asks me to do that is not someone who is good for me. And I've only learned this through trial and error, friends. I'm a 3-5 in human design. <laughs> I have plenty 
of stories of trial and error with this. And this is why I, I can guide the path because I am willing to get messy. I'm willing to get into all of those spots and play them out and explore them and like see what works and see what doesn't work and then guide you through a pathway that you know allows you to avoid a lot of the spiritual, emotional, collateral damage that can happen when we choose people who aren't right and true for us. So, you know, a couple other things that I want to land when it comes to embodied dating is that, you know, it really requires us to have an abundant dating mindset. So again, if you think that there are no good men, if you think there are no good women, if you think there are no good people out there, well, that is what your mind is like, oh, we need more evidence of this. So let me find some for you. Again, like I said earlier in the episode, whatever your dominant belief is, you are going to start acting in a way that will confirm that belief. So if you think that, you know, everyone is trash, but yet you really long for a mutually met relationship, those two things aren't compatible. In order to align with someone who is in their alignment, you have to believe that those people are possible and they exist and they're out there and they're easy to find. And I will tell you this, the more you are in your alignment, the easier they are to find. Because when you are in your alignment, what you see is different. And think about it like this. If you are having a bad day, what you see in your day is very different than when you were having a good day. So when you're having a bad day, you might like hear overhear people having fights. You might like be scrolling on Twitter and like everything's so fucking violent that day on Twitter. And you're like, oh, it's just so terrible to be here. And you just see things in your day that just make you even more crunchy. And then on the days where you're having a great day, you probably overhear a lot of conversations that inspire you. You see things that make you smile. You have interactions with other humans where you're like, whoa, that was a cool moment in time. Like, I'm really glad I had that interaction. You might see like a beautiful blossoming flower. You might see a cute little fuzzy bumblebee who is like drunk on nectar and just like buzzing around in like the middle of a flower. The things that you will see are different depending on your emotions, your energy, and your attitude that day. So if we want to call in an aligned match, our, if our attitude is in the toilet, we need to have a little attitude adjustment. We can't be, and, and here's the thing, I talked about this on the transmission call last week, where, you know, we're constant, life is like an, an energetic algorithm, right? So whatever you're engaging with, you are going to get more of. 
And if you would like to have an aligned partnership, you are going to need to send that out into the energetic algorithm and you tell the energetic algorithm, AKA the universe, that this is what you want to see more of by participating in narratives and in the content that you consume, in the conversations that you have, that you are threading this particular idea through. So if you're watching people who are train wrecks and like you are scrolling and you haven't curated your social media in a way to show you more of what you want to see in the world, that is your first step. You need to clean up the social media algorithms so that it helps to translate the energetic algorithm for you. Because whatever you are giving your attention to, you are telling, and this happens on social media, whatever you engage with. So if you watch something all the way through, if you comment on it, if you engage with it in any way, shape, or form, you are communicating to the algorithm that that is what you want to see more of. And it will continue to give you more of the things that you engage with. Even if it's mining your rage, you're still engaged with it. And so it's giving you more. And this is where we have to be really, really diligent because creating, you know, dating for partnership, dating in an embodied way, dating in a way where you land in a relationship with someone who really champions you and you champion them and you get to co-create something really fucking powerful and engaging and magical together requires you to sacrifice investing your attention and your energy into the things that are a sinkhole and a suckhole for your soul. And, you know, for some of us, that's reality TV. Some people, it's going to be like watching, you know, all of the terrible stories, like the dating horror stories and like just immersing in all of that. Like, you know, I've seen people talk about these uh, Facebook groups who are like, are we dating the same guy? And like, in theory, you know, okay, I, I get why that started. But if you are dating someone who you even suspect could be, you know, part of that whole world already, like your intuition will already know if you need to go check it out to make sure that he is, you know, not dating five other people we might want to clean up a little bit of our own radar, our own, you know, ability to kind of laser in and trust our body, trust our intuition. Because high quality and high caliber people who are aligned for you are not behaving that way. And there's a whole world of people who are extraordinary, who live on purpose, who are up to big shit in their life who are here to make a difference on this planet, who do not have time for drama, who do not have time for all of this nonsense. You know, the people who have time for this nonsense of, you know, dating five different women at the same time or men at the same time and not communicating that openly and cleanly are the people who are not up to big shit in their life. They're not really making a positive difference in the world. And 
you know, this is where we start to get into more of the nuance of dating for partnership because dating for partnership is a whole different ball game. If you want to get into a relationship, there are many strategies in which you can employ to get into a relationship and you could have one probably by the end of the week if you really wanted to. But dating for partnership is all about alignment and your alignment begins with you. And so again, like what are you curating out into the energetic algorithm? What are you telling the universe that you want more of based on what you're paying attention to? So if you go out for this next three days and you ask your mind to look for evidence of healthy relationships, of happy people, guess what it's going to do? It's going to look for that evidence for you. It's going to start to correct and clean up your energetic algorithm. And we, we really got to do that so that we can hold that attitude that there are a lot of aligned people that would be a really great relational match for me. And once you're out of like <laughs> the toxic swimming pool of dating and like you get out of that and you are now like opening this portal to a whole new world of like the high quality humans... And the high quality humans are just the people that are living in alignment, you know, who really value making a difference in the world, who really want to make the most of their one and precious life. Those are the people that, you know, are abundant in this particular dating pool. And in order to access that dating pool, your attitude needs to be congruent. It needs to be an energetic match. People who are here doing really epic shit in the world do not have time for low-level drama. They do not have time to date someone who is looking for a parent, not a partner. And if we become an emotional child, a toddler tyrant, you know, an entitled little girl or entitled little boy or entitled little child in a relationship, people who are in alignment can sniff that out a mile away and they will not even come close to you. And this is also a standard that you will have to hold when you are really in that spot of alignment. You can see the people who are out of alignment. And you do not go in and try and rescue them from themselves. Try to save them with your love. Because <laughs> you will just end up in a mess of a situation. It'll be, you know, a good worthwhile story to tell somewhere down the line. You know, it'll help clean out some of those wounds a little bit more because it'll highlight them really, really clearly. Uh, and, you know, we do what we do until we don't do it anymore. And so we really got to be willing to act and embody the abundant dating mindset. And it's not even just a mindset, it's a way of being in the world. You know, that the universe is friendly and it's for you that I'm here to learn and grow and shift and change and evolve and transform and keep growing and evolving into the truth of who I am. 
And there are certain circumstances and situations that are going to help me refine that. So it's very much a growth-based mindset and also a growth-based action set. So we have to be embodying the mindset. So how we act needs to be congruent with the things that we believe. So if I believe that there are, you know, a lot of good men who are wonderfully aligned for me, if I meet someone who is like, hey, you're cool, but like what you want and what I want are two different things. And like, this is not a yes for me. If I'm acting in alignment with that mindset, I don't like my self-esteem, my self-worth doesn't blow out in the face of their rejection because I'm holding this thread, this belief of like, okay, well, what's for me won't pass me by. And the things that pass me by are not for me, including certain people. So while my ego might've thought like, yeah, we'd be a great match, I'm going to trust that there is something that the universal intelligence of my soul knows about this person and how our energies would actually collide in a relationship. And it's preventing a, a train wreck here. It's preventing something that you know, is a direction I'm not supposed to go down. It's, it's a path that I'm not supposed to follow. So I'm going to keep following the thread of where I am supposed to go. And if someone rejects me, I'm being directed somewhere else. It means that they aren't my person and that's okay. And it means that there is someone who is more aligned for me, you know, further down my path. And it is my job to just stay on my path, keep walking the walk and keep honing those skills of staying in alignment and feeling my feelings and being in my body and like trusting my intuition, which also means trusting someone else's intuition. If the other person intuitively is like, this is not a yes for me, we're like, okay, I respect that. I'm not going to try and dominate you and get you on board because my ego thinks that we should be in a relationship together. If someone says, I don't think that this is right for me or like this doesn't feel right for me, I'll say, okay, cool. Like, what do you want to do next? Do you want to like just call it a night and like go our separate ways? Do we kind of move into a friendship vibe? Like what, what do we do here? Like we co-create from there. But I really do trust other people's intuition. So if they feel like I'm not the right match for them, I've learned enough by now to say, okay, cool. I trust that too. And have a beautiful incarnation. I personally am not really interested in maintaining friendships if I have had romantic feelings for someone, um, unless it's like an extenuating circumstance. But I also reserve the right to determine what's right, the next right move for me now that I have that information that I'm not a yes for them. So that might mean, okay, like I've gone as far as I can go with you. I can't talk to you anymore. Like, um, I'm going to delete you from my phone. I'm going to delete you from social media. 
And I hope that you have a really beautiful journey and life. And, but I'm not going to do this like in between thing where we kind of like hook each other into this like middle ground where nothing is really happening, but we can't be with other people. Like it's just a fucking mess. So for me, it, as soon as like they're clear that I'm a no, then it's a hard line. Okay, cool. Boundaries up. Like you go your way, I'll go mine. Great. And, you know, I expect that same level of reverence and respect if I have an inkling or intuition about someone in the connection. And you will always see someone's actual level of emotional maturity when you tell them the truth. And specifically when you tell them a truth about something that they may not want to hear. You will see how emotionally mature that person is, how embodied they actually are in, you know, the thing, the persona that they've been presenting so far. You'll get to see, is it actually embodied or not? So, you know, when we want to call in more people who are aligned for us, you know, not only do we need to clean up that energetic algorithm, but we really need to look and see, like, if we don't see these people on our radar, it means that they are in our orbit for sure, but our radar isn't tuned to them yet. And so then it's our process to go inward into our embodiment to figure out what's going on with me that the good ones aren't on my radar because they are literally around you all the time. But if you can't see them, well, it's very hard to, you know, interact with someone that you, is invisible on your radar, right? So we're really going to work that radar piece on the weekend and go through a couple different spots as to why they won't be on your radar and how to turn that radar on. And you know, one of them is this really, really, really big foundational piece that is also really nourishing for your soul. So not only does it get you on the path of, you know, embodied dating, aligned dating, conscious dating, which leads to partnership, but it also nourishes your soul and what you are here to do. So I'm going to walk you through that on Saturday. So if you'd like to come play at the workshop, the link is in the show notes and it is, we're doing the choose your own adventure pricing again. I had so much fun with that the last time. So we're going to do that again. And there is a suggested amount that I would set for the workshop if I were to price it. And then there's a minimum payment amount, which is like the minimum that I will show up for to do this work. And you get to choose anywhere between the minimum, the suggested, and beyond. There's also an option if you want to circulate some generosity and it's within financial range for you to do to purchase a spot for yourself and for someone else who can't afford to come. So there's all of those options are outlined on the information page. And when you go to checkout, you just decide you literally type in the amount. <laughs> and I love this practice because it is a practice in integrity. It's an impractice 
in embodiment as well. So getting in right relationship with where you are financially and right relationship with the energetic exchange that's going to happen, you know, cause I'm going to show up, you know, you've got a couple additional classes that are involved. Like it's a, it's a beautiful offering. There's a lot in there for you. And, you know, if you're someone who is like, uh, I can definitely pay the suggested price, but I, I'm, I don't want to. Well, if that's the case, that is definitely going to impact what you get out of the relationship because that is a contraction pattern. That's a scarcity pattern. So it closes you. But if it's the true thing, if you're like, actually like, even like the minimum is like, whoo, you know, like I can do it, but like, you know, this is, this is how much I have in my budget to allot for this. Then great. Then you're in right relationship with it. And only you will know if the price that you chose for the workshop is in right relationship with you. I won't know. You will know. And so I really want you to practice this. What is in integrity for me? What allows me, what amount allows me to really be receptive to what I'm going to learn here and, you know, have enough skin in the game here that I'm going to take what I learn and apply it. Because again, there's, you know, you can learn all this stuff, but if you don't apply it, it's not going to change anything because you are the conscious creator of your life. You have to take this stuff in and work it through your body and work it through your behavior and work it through your mindset and start doing things differently. That's how this changes. You know, you can come into my field and sure, like you hear me say these things and it inspires you and that's great. And inspiration will only take you so far. And then we have to get into the world of integration. So we need to integrate the inspiration. And that is all within your control and only your control. I can't control that. Only you can control that. Okay. So that's all I got to say on this one today. And I will upload another episode for you tomorrow and then another one the following day. Then we're back in the groove of the podcast. We're also prepped for the workshop on the weekend. And these are also great prep episodes for the upcoming Embody Dating Mastermind and the Dating for Partnership program. So all of this fits really nicely with those offerings as well. So if you come on Saturday, you'll hear a little bit more about that. And if you don't, I will talk about it after the workshop in a podcast at some point. Okay. I love you all. Welcome back to the pod. So happy to be here and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Okay. Bye.